This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It is Friday, it's the 18th of August 2023, and today it's all about you and your feedback and also some big news around Lazarillo and ChatGPT. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Happy Friday, Sean Priest. No, no, it isn't, Stephen <gasps> oh? Scott. No, Why? I want to give you my feedback. <sighs> What's happened to this country? Hmm? Where's Wh- people's one? morals gone? All, all countries, in fact. What's happened to our planet? What's huh? happened to our planet? Hang on. So, it's Friday. <laughs> it's, it's a double ended question. It's a tech show. <laughs> Honest. Honest. Mr. And we're starting off with you asking what I can only describe as an existential question. Oh, well done. I don't know what that means, but I know. it sounds good, doesn't it? And uh, it is about the planet and its morals. I'm disappointed in people. That's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Last night, Stephen, I purchased a chicken fried rice, a chicken chow mein and sweet and sour balls, right? Uh, using my own money, mm-hmm. right? I ate half of it. Thank you. I know. I know. I left the other half for, obviously, <coughs> breakfast Chinese, because, you know, there's nothing better than that. I get up this morning. <laughs> that bowl is empty, sir. It's common <gasps> theft is what it is. And worse than that, it's one of my own family that have done this to me. This, this dishonour, this disgrace. I cannot believe it. I hate that, Stephen. I hate it. My food is my food. Don't touch. Um, there, I've said it. Okay, uh, let's maybe narrow this down. I feel like I'm in Cluedo all of a sudden, some particularly cheap version of Cluedo. Uh, it was Sarah in the kitchen with a spoon. That's what it was. I cannot believe it. What? I was well, you've got so... a dog. Couldn't the dog have nipped in and oh, just eaten it? I, that makes it worse because it would have been shared with the dog because everything she Oof. eats, the dog gets at least a third. And that makes it even Worse. I was so, joking aside, I was so angry at <laughs> the loss of my food, the loss of my tank. I had to stop myself. I said, come on, mate. <laughs> so, so three, four weeks ago when I told you about my little doogle dog passing, this was make, this made you more annoyed and angry than that. Yes, yes, wow. yes. That's, the, uh, that's the loss of impressive. my takeaway was, um, yes, it was bad. You see, I've had a flip side experience there because I had I once come into the house. It was, I think, a Thursday or a Friday. Um, the fact that I know what rough day of the week it is is telling. And <laughs> I was in a bit of a bad mood. It was nothing unusual about that time um, because it's like every other day in my life. And I found a bag of candy in the, dro- in the, in the cupboard. I yes. opened the cupboard and it was sitting there. And I tell you, in that moment, if I had won the national lottery and yep. won the top prize. Oh, I know what you mean. Yeah, I would have yeah, been yeah. equally as happy in that moment. Well, and then you maybe discovered even, maybe it, even happier with the candy. To be perfectly honest, it was honest. dog treats. It wasn't dog <laughs> treats. Thank goodness. No, I've I've been caught out by that before because the packaging is so similar with these things. Yes, exactly. But oh, thankfully, the a... smell uh, is definitely not the same. Another another reason that I'm having a bad week. Uh, sorry, I'm ranting for a change. Right? It's, it's nice to re- hear you rant. Actually, it's Thank nice. You. Yeah, because normally I go off on a rant about something. I have nothing to rant about today. Good. I'm glad you're yeah. happy. A couple of weeks ago. I was talking to a friend and uh, you know, I was moaning, as I usually do. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned that, oh, no, my arthritis is pretty bad in my fingers. Oh, yeah. I, was, I was whinging. And he said, oh, I've got the perfect thing for that. I'll send you something. Okay, Ooh. great. Now, I forgot all about it. Then a couple of days ago, a package turns up. Uh, oh, what's this? Oh, no, I remembered. And it's, uh, it's uh, a tube of cream. So I think, oh, seeing AI, I'll read the, uh, you know, the instructions. Oh. And it says... Directions for use. And prepare yourself. Left. Uh, no. <laughs> it said, apply to teats after milking. What? Now, now, I thought, well, seeing AI has gone absolutely crazy. Let me try another app. I tried all of them, and they were all said the same thing. Turns out, it's udder cream. Apparently, it's fantastic <laughs> for our fries. Now, I'm not a medical man. This isn't medical <laughs> advice. But my friend, who happens to be a dairy farmer... Send me this. <laughs> so now I'm on the, instead of a doctor, I've got a vet. And apparently I'm a, well, basically a heifer. 
I was going to say, you've become part animal in, in the past while, to the extent that he is clearly responding to that with appropriate treatment. <laughs> i got to say, I did try it. It did help. So Wow. <laughs> My udders are lovely right now. I, I, feel like, I feel like the doctor who stood behind Donald Trump at that moment when he started talking about we should all inject ourselves with bleach. I think I, can, I feel like that doctor right now is going, I, I just, I don't know if I should say anything right now, but but this feels wrong to me. Oh, it definitely feels wrong. So yeah, there you go. That's been uh, my week. Wow. Not great. Okay, well, uh, I've got uh, even worse news for you. Breaking news. Breaking yes. news. Chat GPT, open AI, could be soon filing for bankruptcy. What? This What's is, going on? This is the most unexpected yet expected news ever. <laughs> well, there is something kind of uh, expected about it. It's one of those ones where you go, what? How is that? Oh, oh, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, of course. That kind of makes sense. Everyone in the planet, on the planet, is actually using and, and piggybacking off ChatGPT at the minute. Every single app, every web service, everything. Yeah, everyone's using it. And the problem is that very few people seem to be paying for it. Now, you can pay for this. I mean, I pay for it. I pay for the plus version. But honestly, I've no idea why, because I can go to other applications. So I can use the ChatGPT app on my phone, which gives me limited access. I get more functionality through the desktop. So I can do things like I can use all the ChatGPT plugins to do extra stuff. So to give you an example, if I'm putting together Double Tap News at the weekend, I can take a news story. Instead of actually going off and grabbing all the text from the story to do some kind of summary for myself, I can actually just give the link to a GPT and say, okay, can you summarize this for me in, you know, a couple of paragraphs so I can understand the story? Uh, and it takes all the nonsense away. And what's brilliant for me is it takes all the, the, the garbage, all the ads, all the links, everything, basically just gives you the text of the story, but in a yep. really summarized form. And I have to say, in often a bit more understandable form for me. So yes. um, that's really useful. Um, I can't do that on the app. And the other night I was doing this, I was on the app and I thought, I can't do this here. I'll have to use the computer in the morning. And then I remembered I've got another app called Perplexity. A good friend of mine, Ian, told me about this. And he said, try Perplexity. It's really good because not only does it give you the responses, it will give you the sources as well. So I thought, well, that's good because oftentimes you don't know where the information's coming from with GPT. You sometimes just get a response, but where's this information coming from? And there have been a lot of, well, let's be honest, wrong information coming out. I get, I get it a lot. Yes. Where sometimes you'll ask a story about something and it will tell you something totally different. We've got a story coming up at the weekend about a company in Australia called Aria Research. And when you ask GPT to write about it, it says it's Project Aria that's a project being run by Facebook. And it's not that. Ah, uh, yeah. It doesn't okay. seem to be able to tell the difference. Although it did say, in fairness to it, it did say at the end, there's also another project called Aria Research, which is out of Australia. But it couldn't give me information about that even like yes. asking it to point concentrating to that. on the one wrong one yeah but it seems that these other apps have got more access or are making access more um, widely available to the wider internet now the problem for us is is nothing we get we get great service out of that but for gpt for OpenAI, the company behind this uh, it is costing them money every time someone pushes out a question so every time you ask a question costing money so as a result, the news says uh, of the day is that ChatGPT is reportedly heading towards bankruptcy. Investors are barely breaking even as the venture is hardly making any profits. Now, this is, it says, due to a number of reasons, divided interests, which is another word for everyone else is using it, uh, and a shortage <laughs> of chips. Uh, I don't mm. think this is crisp. I don't think we're talking um, snacks here. I don't, think there's a, I don't think the staff are you know, well, struggling with snacks. It affects our productivity here at Double It certainly has an impact on mine, yes. <laughs> Lack of snacks equals nothing gets done. Uh, but no, we're talking here about these uh, GPUs, these graphics processors, which they need inside the computers in order to make OpenAI work because it requires a heavy amount of GPU usage. Um, and, and, you know, we're not talking like a couple of computers here. We need, they need a lot. Yes. Uh, also... On top of that, OpenAI has seen already seen a five hundred and forty million dollar loss since debuting ChatGPT. So that's not great. And okay. there's a couple of other challenges as well. I mean, for example, and and this is being reported widely 
that um, the results are not as good as they were. You know, they're just not as good. Um, and it just it just seems to be that there's a lot of issues here at this company, and uh, you know, it's too much too much going out the door. I mean, it's, it's just Taylor's all this time, too much money going out the door, not enough coming in. How do you fix that? Well, you charge. As simple as that. I mean, as I said, every every service and its dog is using um, the Chat GPT service. I mean, simply charge for your API. Everyone's now. I, I suppose why are they making it a free access at the moment anyway? Why why do they do that? Now there's got to be a reason, and I'm assuming it's to train the AI. They're getting so much data through, so it must be for that reason. So they're getting something from that. But can they sustain that amount of data coming in and and sort of cover the cost for that until they can make a revenue stream out of this because there's no denying they're going to make money out of this at some point if they switch the apis over to paid and charged you know i don't know whatever per request at the moment they they would cover their costs and then some because people have realized how useful a tool ai is to a workflow like you just mentioned there so openai uses approximately 700 thousand dollars to run the tool every day daily cost okay that translates to 36 cents per query so every time you ask i feel bad now every time i ask a question and i don't use the answer i feel quite guilty yeah but you're paying you well, do i'm pay paying for yes I, I, yes yes so screw you i'm paying <laughs> right, i'm contributing down. to that seven hundred thousand a day i'm putting my twenty dollars in <laughs> And the reason you're paying for it, twenty dollars a month, so nicely, add. is is to gain access to the very latest version, right? It's, it's GPT four right, or four point yeah. five. You you pay for that access to the latest version of it. Otherwise, you're only accessing information from what was it before twenty twenty one or something. So you pay for that extra information. I think that's absolutely fine. I am slightly surprised about the they mentioned GPUs there, so. The computing power needed to run this service is absolutely immense. And people may think it's strange that it's GPU, which is the graphics cards yeah, that are actually short of. Yeah. But the GPUs are so powerful now, especially when it comes to AI, um, that that is actually what they rely on. I would have thought with, with Microsoft being such a massive investor in ChatGPT, or in OpenAI, I should say, that they would have access to the Azure um cloud computing service from Microsoft, which is also massive, by the way. I mean, are they running some on there? I, I don't know. Is Microsoft's Bing, for example, running purely on their own servers, or are they relying on uh, OpenAI's cloud computing service? I, I, I don't know, but it's, it's um, I mean, it's a victim of their own popularity, right? Yeah, it is difficult. And Microsoft say they are chipping in, um, uh -huh. and I mean that in every possible <laughs> sense. Um that's actually quite good. I didn't mean that, but there you go. I, I'm quite proud of that, actually, now I think about it. Um, but, you know, there is this increased shortage of GPUs in the market, partly because of the rivalry between US and China. The EU, it says uh, here in this article, passed a 43 billion euro chips act designed to enhance the production of semiconductors in the region and reduce the overdependence on foreign regions to develop semiconductor chips. So, in essence, the EU could help out with this. Um, so... Maybe that's a give back for all these, uh, you know, requirements for USB-C. Um, <laughs> yes. But Windows Central here, uh, that I'm reading this from, it says, you know, the, the company is hoping to make a profit at $200 million, uh, in revenue, which, of course, wouldn't bring it into profit, but it, it will bring it, the revenue up in 2023 this year. And it promises to get to $1 billion in 2024, which does seem like a bit of a reach. To be fair, bear in mind, $540 million loss since the chatbot's inception, which is only a couple of years ago. Inception. Well, think about it. If, if they did say tomorrow or today, if they said, that's it, we're, we're switching off the free service, how many people would then pay for it? Or how many people would then just say, oh, well, I'm not using it then? Well, I think the, the clue to, or the, because I guess you're thinking, well, how, how have they gotten to this point Anyway, how would you get to this point? And it's interesting because OpenAI's CEO, Sam Altman, has been vocal in this. He's been highlighting the interesting goals for GPT, which differ from OpenAI's, interestingly. Um, oh, really? But I, I don't well, know how that works. It says Altman is focused on achieving AGI superintelligence, so the, obviously getting as much data in as possible to get it to become the most intelligent AI, whilst OpenAI, it says, is leaning towards making a profit. But I thought Sam was 
in charge of OpenAI. So I'm a bit confused by that one. Yeah, uh, uh, to be fair, Sam has made some contradictory statements before. So um, I don't know. I don't know that... It's it's funny that, that we mentioned ChatGPT and then OpenAI, like yeah, you know, it's almost like they really are separated, and I'm not entirely sure why the reason for that. But um, I think AI is now obviously here to stay. People have seen the the, the positives that come from it, so I think um, there's no putting the genie back in the bottle. So even if no. ChatGPT go away, it's it's not like AI is going to disappear at all. Someone else will pick it up, and there's so many services out there and organizations that run without making a profit. Um, well, you just got to look at Twitter, for example, and other platforms like that. I, I, I have no idea how they sustain themselves, uh, investment or, or whatever. But um, you know, it, it is a thing. So ridiculous it is. <sighs> it all feels a bit ridiculous. Um, but you know, we've seen this with Reddit. We've seen it with other organisations who are starting to crack down on API usage. Um, and it's funny because we're looking at this story and we're kind of looking at it from the opposite angle of, say, Twitter and Reddit. Where we're, you know, when Twitter and Reddit said they were cutting back on API usage, they cut back essentially on third-party apps that could access their API that would give access to their service. Um, we all said, "Oh, terrible, shocking, oh, bad." Now we're saying, "Hey, come on, OpenAI, get clamp down on these third-party apps. You're, look what? how much money you're draining away here." I feel like an accountant sitting here going, "Come on, let's see what the difference is." Is because it feels like. The, when the others moved over to a paid API plan, it felt like they were doing it and, and being purposely obstructive because mm. the, the, the fees they were charging were absolutely ridiculous and meant that third-party developers, smaller third-party developers, were simply priced out of the game. And if OpenAI did the same thing, I would say exactly the same thing. That's terrible. But you know, a reasonable price to cover costs, I think, is absolutely fine. But if you're doing that just purely to stop people gaining access to your service other than through your own service, you know, through your own interface, <clears throat> excuse me, then I think that's wrong. Yeah, it's so difficult, I think, for these companies because on one hand, they want to, I mean, especially for OpenAI, they really want to make sure they've got the best the AI to be the best it can be. And in order for that to happen, you, you need lots of data. So all those entry points, all these different apps that we use, whether it's Perplexity or whether it's Bing or whichever app it is that you use, be my AI. Um, it's all feeding data to the beast, mm -hmm. right? And the beast yes. is hungry and the beast needs more data. And um, how do you achieve the best AI without data, right? So if you cut off access to all that, yes, you can achieve a revenue stream, but will that bring in enough data to yes, this is the this is perhaps the conundrum they're, they're dealing with there's, there's yeah, probably maybe. a happy balance but you know it's very early days this is it all is. brand new i mean i know it's been around for a few years now but even so the business models are still fairly new in all this and i don't think they've been constructed fully yet but i think in 10 years time it'll be a very different and much more smoother experience it will be you know like any other like a smartphone business or a pc business or a you mm -hmm. know, tv selling business you know we'll have a structure in place yes and yeah. a working model everyone knows. Um, okay, well, interesting story. We'll cover it more on the Double Tap News tomorrow with Grace Scarfield. I like when he does that. With Grace Scarfield. Oh, so good. Um, so uh, that coming up tomorrow. Express is back, of course, tomorrow. Don't forget. Parp, parp. Oh, I knew it was coming. Um, Michael Babcock has been in touch with us. Hey, Double Tappers, just wanted to drop a quick message in here and let you know that a new application is available as of Tuesday, U.S. time, on the Blind Shell Classic 2. Well, let me rephrase that. A new application to Blind Shell, not necessarily a new application. The Lazarillo application is now available in your app catalog, and when you download the Lazarillo app, it will add a new category in your applications menu called Travel. Lazarello is an app used for both outdoor and some places indoor navigation and is honestly a super exciting application to come to the blind shell. One of the things we've been asked for is the ability to get step by step directions and to see what businesses are around you. So if you have a Blind Shell Classic 2, go download Lazarello in the app catalog and check it out today. Let us know how you like it. Thank you, Michael. Uh, good to know about that. Uh, Lazarillo now on Blind Shell Classic 2, uh, not on the original. 
important to see. But um, oh, why yeah, not? The, the, well, the original's not really getting any love. I think it got an update the other week, but it's not had much love since. But you know, again, it's that, um, and, and I'm still a little bit confused on the whole Smart Vision thing because I've been getting some emails uh, from people who use the Smart Vision Two. And uh, listener Vicky Gone Touch very kindly has offered to send me the Smart Vision Two to compare it with the Smart Vision Three, which oh. I think is very kind, actually, Vicky. And I will safely return it to you. I'm not entirely sure she wants it back, but I'm obviously going to make sure she gets it back. Yes. Um, but uh, very kindly, she's going to send that to me to com- compare because she doesn't have a huge amount of praise for the Smart Vision Two. So that is actually quite interesting. What has changed? What's different? Is it the specs? Because, you know, there was a little bit of, um, well, let's just say it was alluded to in the interview this week that, you know, this is not perhaps the most powerful compared to the latest Samsung, the latest Google Pixel. So there will be a question here of how responsive this device is, considering it is brand new, right? So that'll be interesting. Exactly the reason that you should compare the two. I mean, you know, is this really a departure from if if people weren't happy with the first, the previous gen, does the third gen actually make sense? Yeah, I'd be interested in it. I mean, look, the difference between blind, and I haven't had the chance to play with the Blind Shell Classic 2. I have asked repeatedly for it to be sent to me. So I wait. Please send us one. I'd love to have a play. Wait with bated breath. Um, and we shall see if uh, it gets sent, and uh, then we can can compare the because I've got the original Blind Shell Classic, and um, a lot of people have said it is a totally different machine to some degree. I mean, obviously you can do so much more with it. It's getting more mm. regular updates. Feels a little bit. I have to say, I think the Blind Shell Classic Two. I think the comparison I would make is with the Victor Reader Two and Three. You know, yeah, yeah quite different absolutely. systems and the way they've been built, and I think that makes sense. As I'm talking to him, I'm a bit distracted because I'm putting the charging cables. Cables, yes, onto those uh, frames that Gordon was telling us about yesterday. Onto the arms of your room, room on the legs, yes, um, yes, on arms. on the uh, legs of the uh, room, yes. I think that's what they're called. Um, a link will be in the show notes. Uh, did I? I think I might put a link in the show notes yesterday. I think I did. Maybe I that's didn't. fine. If you don't know what we're talking about, uh, from Gordon who gave us it's a review. Talking, of course, some, they know what I'm uh, talking about. No, 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 not necessarily. Not everyone listens every day. How I mean, dare may, you? It may come you? as a shock and surprise to you. It we're does. talking about an alternative to the, the no, no, no. those no, frames no, or the anchor sand cores. Make them work for it. <laughs> okay, it was on yesterday. <laughs> <laughs no, yes, you're absolutely right. Um, because of course the Bose frames are. Essentially done. I mean, well, not entirely done because there are newer versions, but the particular Alto frames that a lot of us used and enjoyed, they are pretty much, I think they're done. I think you can still pick them up. Um, they, uh, yeah, I'm slightly confused by this and I forgot to mention it. So are they, what do they call them? The Sopranos and the something else, I'm sure. Anyway, they, they were still, they the finished TV the show. I knew you were going to say that as soon as I said <laughs> it. Um, but the, uh, the previous one, the Altos and the something else, they stopped, but they were still producing two other models, and they were still selling those. So, are those stopped as well now? Is there no, I don't think so. Those? Okay, I don't, so I don't know. I, I, I don't. I don't honestly know because the thing is, if you go in and you check, you can still buy them, um, especially from the A store. You can still buy them. Yeah, but that doesn't mean they're still actually exactly, producing yeah. them. Yeah, it might be out of stock. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, so I'm, I'm charging them up right now. I have to say, uh, so I hmm. called you yesterday on them. Thoughts on the microphone? Uh, yeah, very stable, very good. Um, yeah, I thought it was it was a nice for a Bluetooth microphone, as I've always had problems with. But actually, I'm saying that, and lately, more and more products, I'm thinking I wouldn't have guessed that was a Bluetooth mic. It was mm. very nice. Yeah. Well, I, I will say though, the sound quality for me is a little bit thin compared to the Bose. It's not good. What that do you kind expect? What do you expect? What do you want, Stephen? What do you want from speakers in the on. arms of some glasses? What do you want? I didn't. I didn't you want some I didn't, bass hang bins? On. Yes. I'm going to get a hang on button for you. <laughs> I I didn't say I didn't like it. I just said it's a bit thinner. It was your tone, Stephen Scott. It always was is. Perfectly obvious. It's <laughs> always it's my bit, tone. It's a bit thin. A bit thin. Yeah. Well, it is. And, okay. and I, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. Um, I actually quite like the sound of them. Uh, it does have that. You know what I mean if, I, if you heard it? It's got that it, almost like the bit rate is just a bit lower. Do you know what I mean by that? It's like mm, it's a little yeah. bit I do, not quite I do. high quality. But you know what? It's fine because for calls, it's fine. The, the test will be today because I'm going out today. And if today is the day, 
when I try them outside, I can hear uh, everything's going on. And, and I will say this. My wife was standing next to me in the kitchen yesterday, and she said to me, I can hear it, but only just. And it's oh. not clear to me what Jaws, uh, well, voiceover was saying. Yeah. And I thought, that's no, that's, that is good, because the, that's one thing with the higher quality, and this is what I mean about it not being a bad thing. With the higher quality, better speakers from the Bose, everybody could hear me with it. So in a oh, way, if think- it's a li- so lesser quality could work out well in this <laughs> if case. If you think Bose is bad, the Anchor Soundcourse is like just basically sellotaping some Bluetooth speakers to yours. <laughs> Everyone can hear yes. absolutely everything. I can leave those on my desk and still listen to what I'm doing. They are so loud. And Again, look, okay, so joking aside, the audio quality is a little less than the Bose. but Build then- quality is a bit questionable. Oh, yes, okay. I would say so is the Bose, to be fair. Yeah, I agree. But I will but, say that they feel a little lighter. Uh, the the so, price so you're paying is also No, 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 no. Again, I'm not complaining. Less. I'm not complaining. I'm telling right, you what, okay. what my review of them. So they are they are lighter, which I think is really nice. They've got a Pre-review. little bit more width to them. What? Pre-review. Pre-review. I mean, you've got to go out. Yes. No, this, this is isn't a review. This is a review. What do you think it's it is? It's not a review. What oh, do you want oh, oh, sorry. Do, do you want a segment breaker? Do you want, hang on, right? Hang on. Yeah. No. It's the official review time. No, no it's that, not the official that? review until you go out with them. You just said you're going out today, so you need yes. to, you know, can you hear them above normal environmental noise, Stephen? That's a great <laughs> aspect of a review. You think I'm going to put together a proper review, don't you? <laughs> no, I don't. You know I'm me. Not saying, oh, come on, no, you know no, me. I'm not, no, I'm not saying you got to put together a produced piece. I'm just saying that until you test these out in the wild, then you don't know. They could the be wild. terrible. They could be great. <laughs> How do you? Been, That's called I've Scotland, to, you know. <laughs> it's my whole country. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, listen, uh, in the house, I will say, and again, it's always the same, isn't it, in the house? Um, they're brilliant. And as I say, just that little bit more width to them, makes them more comfortable on my face, my beautiful face. Broad, um, beautiful face. Indeed. And um, I think that the... the, the oh, yeah, that was the thing I, I really had to say to you. The glasses themselves, the sunglass part, so much darker than the Bose frames, so it is an absolute dream to wear them. Mm. Way, way, way nicer. In fact, even nicer than the Oakley glasses I had, which I lost. Oh, I, I, I say nicer, expensive. I just mean darker. Oh, the, the Oakleys were double the price and they weren't smart. Yeah, I've never paid more than 10 bucks for a pair of sunglasses ever. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, okay, we're talking over $100 here, Canadian, yeah. for these, right? Okay, it's a lot of money. But, yeah. but not as expensive as the Bose. Not as expensive as Anchor Frames. No, true. And you're getting the speakers built in. So, yeah. Okay. Anyway, yes, I will, I will talk more about them in the future, but uh, no, that's not a them. polished review. Yeah. It's not a review. You just, just said just it was a review. About them. You said it was a review. <sighs> All right. Sorry, carry on. Um, I, I want to bring in this email about audio description, but I've got to take a break now. That's Honestly. your fault. <sighs> right, okay. We'll be right back. Stay there. This is Double Tap from AMI-audio. Email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. Call us 877-803-4567. And find us on social media, on Twitter and Facebook at Double Tap On Air. And now on Mastodon at Double Tap. Yeah, welcome to uh, the second part of uh, Double Tap, the acclaimed radio show. Acclaimed? Acclaimed. Yeah, yeah I know. That's very good. I'm I agree. quoting that. From a news article. Yes. Uh, you were quoted in an article along with our good friend Colin Hughes on the subject of voice control on the iPhone. Well, across Apple, I guess. Yeah. And um, this was on a, a publication called The Register. Uh, a link can be found on our socials. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you follow me at Blind Guy Tech or at Double Tap on Air on Mastodon, you can find me and you can f- tweet. Oh. You can toot. Toot. Um, basically whatever you like with it but um yeah sean's quoted in it um how did you manage that who, who did you bribe to get into that one i've got to say again all credit and all props go to the amazing colin hughes who again is yeah absolutely again he's he's picking up these issues that are so important and you know he's just talking about them and that's what he does he is so persistent because we all know what it's like, you know, if you don't get any response, you, you don't know what's happening. But he is persistent and the way he puts down his thoughts is absolutely amazing. So, uh, yeah, he, he just asked me if I had anything to add and I just did a little, little tiny quote. But, yeah, it's all Colin 
Hughes. Absolutely amazing, Colin. Good job. You know, the thing is, if we don't stand up and talk about these issues publicly, uh, if we can, I always like to put that in as the caveat, because not everyone can, not everyone wants to. And I understand that. Totally get that. But for those who can, for those who uh, want to, then, you know, it does make a big difference because no one else is talking about this stuff. And the fact that these issues are getting into, it wasn't just into the register, it was also in 9to5mac.com, who, by the way, have been incredibly supportive. Ben Lovejoy over there at 9to5mac has been so supportive of Colin and his work. Yes. And and as a result, actually very kind to us as well here at Double Tap. Um, I, I think it's just brilliant that these issues are getting out there. And it's people like Ben Lovejoy at 9to5mac who are putting in the effort, who are actually listening, who could easily turn around and say, this is all a bit niche. Are people yeah. going to read this? And how, how many clicks would, would this get? Exactly. No, is, is, is the so clicks more the important? Ethos. And, and yeah. I, don't, I don't feel that with these publications. And I have to say, uh, kudos as well to The Verge. Um, there have been others as well who have done lots of great work and actually I-more, really listening. I'more done a great job. I-more, yeah, absolutely. Mobile Syrup as well. Patrick O'Rourke, who's the editor there, yes. yep. has done an incredible amount of work. And building on that, um, as a result of, of talking to us here at Double Tap, he was very interested in increasing the amount of accessibility stories, mainly because I pretty much pinned them to a virtual wall and said, why are you not covering accessibility enough? But that's the point, right? If if people don't know about it or they don't feel comfortable talking about it, because, of course, there are not many disabled people working in these fields. So if there's no one disabled in the room, and I made this point actually to Patrick O'Rourke, I said, look, you know, you cannot have a situation where it's people who are not disabled coming up with these articles. It has to come from the person who's disabled, ideally on staff or paid to write an article. Yes, absolutely. You know, and, I, I totally and not, not oh, experience, you know, or, or uh, you know, write us something for free and, you know, we'll send it in and, you know, see how it goes or, or this will be good exposure for you. Because I'll be honest, I called my mortgage company once and I said, how do you feel about <laughs> being paid with exposure? And they said, uh, they how would you like police. to live on the streets? <laughs> absolutely. Uh, look, uh, the thing is, this is a topic that we all discuss, you know, a, a dictation, a, a voice control. These are things and issues and problems that are with these features that we all talk about. But, uh, you know, being able to put it in a certain way and, and write a piece and write exactly what the problem is and how it affects you is, is something that, you know, Colin has especially yeah. just got it down to a fine art. And it's that sort of information that we need to put out there that, that make people pay attention. So, again, it does an amazing job. Yeah, I think I, I need a Colin in my life to articulate half of my thoughts. Yes, because I, I think I think I have some interesting thoughts on things, but I have got terrible ways of articulating them. Yeah, so I don't have the words or the um, presentation, and, and Colin absolutely does. I would urge everyone to go and read that piece. Because, yeah, it was a great again, piece. He, he does it so well. We'll put a link on to our show notes as well, so if you go there. And remember, I think I started saying this about three, three months ago and then never really finished it. If you go to ami.ca and you search for Double Tap, you'll find our page. And you'll be able to to find our, all our podcast links and everything else on that page on the AMI website. But you'll also see the latest show notes for each episode. And in there, you'll find all our links and everything we add. You won't get the, the link to play the show. You'll have to get to a podcast app for that. But you will get the information. So if you don't listen to us on the podcast and you want to get information about our show, you don't have to find a podcast app to get the notes that are on AMI.ca and just search for Double Tap. That's what I tried to say about four weeks ago and failed miserably. Well, no, you, you did a good job. Yeah. No, no, that was well. I stayed silent there, Stephen Scott. Yeah, After no, you know, during the break, I was shouted at. I just want to make that known. Yeah, I, I, I need to right be more too. professional. Yeah, I, I'm very, very sorry, Stephen. Yeah, we're acclaimed, you know. <laughs> uh, right, uh, you know, I was talking about audio description earlier in the week and my experiences there. Well, Mark has chimed in with his. Hi, double tappers. Here's a little story about my recent adventure at a nationwide movie theatre chain. Last month, I took my kids to see the new Indiana Jones movie. After purchasing tickets, we visited guest services and asked for the audio description device. We went to the auditorium to sit through the commercials and previews of coming attractions. Obviously, there is no AD during this part of the experience. Now the feature starts and I have no AD. My daughter goes out and comes back with either a new device or maybe they tweak the settings. Sorry, I'm not sure. And she's not here to ask right now. Needless to say, there was no audio description, so I took out my cane and somehow managed to find my way back to guest services. After more time waiting, I was handed a new device and escorted back to the auditorium. This time AD did work, but I missed the first 10 or 15 minutes of the movie. 
Is there no way for AMC and other movie chains to have some sort of signal broadcasted to the audio description devices during previews to let blind people know that the device is working? I feel like every time I go to the movies, I get a small amount of anxiety that I or one of my family members is going to have to go back out during the first few minutes of the film. And yes, every time I go to guest services, I ask two or three times for them to confirm that this is audio description for the blind and not an assisted listening device. And yes, I always bring my own headphones. I wholeheartedly endorse Sean's position of having people use their own mobile devices to access the audio description track. This is ridiculous. After all, we are already halfway through the year 2023 and AD has been around for over a decade. Oh man, why is this so difficult? Keep on double tapping. From Mark. Yeah, look, Mark, I hear you. I, I feel exactly the same way. And, you know, I, I think that point about the um, audio description, some kind of notification or message just being repeated on a loop should just exist. And I think it's just it's lack of forethought, but also lack of engagement with our community. It's as simple as that. that just these chains are putting in the technology because they're perhaps obliged to by law or whatever it is. And that's as far as it goes. You know, a, a, a similar system actually exists in the UK. Um, it's called the React system. Now, I'm, I'm sure I'll get emails about this when I, when I bring this up. But it's called the React system, and it exists pretty much at most, if not all of. Certainly in Scotland, anyway, I can't speak for England, but in Scotland, a number of the train stations have these. And apparently it's to help you navigate the station, help you get information about the trains, and all of that. I have absolutely no idea how to access that system. And every time I've, I've called up... never heard of it. Every time I've called up the, the, the... I think it's the RNIB that were involved in it initially. I don't know if they still are. But the RNIB in the UK were involved initially. And every time I've called up, they just go, oh, yeah, it's the React system. And I'm like, uh-huh. What, how do I access the React system? What do I do? And it feels like, it feels like I'm opening the door on uh, some kind of behind-the-scenes cards game, you know, run by the mob. <laughs> You know, it's like, I shouldn't know about it. I don't know the yeah. password and I am not getting in. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I've never heard of that at all. Is there an app for it? Or I have no idea. And I think that's the problem, right? That a lot of systems are put in place. There's lots of things in place. But if you don't know they're there and you don't know how to access them. I mean, for example, I remember when I went to the bus station years ago and I leant, I leaned against the the. the Stance, the thing where you, you know, it's like it's got the timetable on it and the pole, whatever, with the timetable. Bus stop. Yeah. Well, no, but it's like a, there's like a row, it's like a bus station, right? So it's got it loads and loads stance. of. You're yeah, right. we call yeah. them a stance. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what you yeah. call them elsewhere, but, you know, basically it's the stance and you've got bus loads stop. and loads of them. Bus stops, yeah, in a row. Yeah. And um, I'm explaining a bus station to people. Is that what this has come to? Uh, so, yeah. Uh, and I leaned against the pole and it started talking to me. And I'm like, how the. What happened here? And it started telling me when the next bus was and all that. I thought, that's fantastic. So I leaned against it again and couldn't get it to talk again. Leaning against things. Is that the answer? Just walk up and bump against it? And I, I thought, that's actually brilliant because that's what we would do. But no, the apparently there's life. a button somewhere on there. And you know, eventually I was told, I asked about it, and they said, well, this is the, there's a button in the middle of here. And all right, okay, that makes sense. But again, if you don't know... Because it it's all right exist. putting this stuff in, but if, if you don't know... I was recently watching a video about a woman who was talking about finding objects, and she said, placing a cup... I don't know if you've had this. I've had this many a time. Sight, well-meaning sighted people. This is under the bracket of well-meaning sighted people. Um, who, you know, you put down a cup of tea on your desk, and someone moves it because they think, oh, he'll knock that over, so I better move it for him. Mm-hmm. And yes. the person said on, on this particular interview, it was talking about some other piece of tech, but she said, when you move that cup, you may as well have moved it to Nairobi. Yeah. Yeah, Because absolutely. it doesn't make any... I, if I don't know where it is, it's gone. And, yeah. you know, again, it's that thing of, you know, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. I do. I do. Yes. No, I don't know what we said on August 8th, but everyone wants to reply to August 8th. Oh no, so, what did we say? I, I can't remember, but Rebecca's here to chime in on the August 8th episode, which was an Uh-oh. absolutely uh, wonderful or Disgrace. terrible episode, depending on <laughs> how you look at it. You made a wonderful point worth discussing. We need oh. to acknowledge the challenges blind people face in order to move forward. Using Uber and Lyft as primary sources of transportation can be very stressful because I have no usable vision. Occasionally, I've had drivers cancel or leave before I can find them. My health insurance company contracts with third-party vendors for medical transportation, but these vendors are often late getting me to my appointments or may not even show up to take me back home. 
This makes me dependent on family and I hate this situation. Florida has had several heat advisories in the past few weeks and I have other medical conditions that make it harder for me to deal with the heat. COVID-19 cases are climbing again in my state. Therefore, I get angry when companies tell people they need to come to the office. I believe that the social barriers we face are worse than blindness itself. Of course, I'm coming from a privileged position, having been blind from birth and learning Braille. However, I have a number of medical issues and dealing with staff that speak to your family before speaking to you is just another insult. All of these factors make going out anywhere stressful. There are ways around these issues, but they come at a cost. I appreciate the ability to freelance from home and use Zoom, but it is hard to choose between being isolated or dealing with the stress of the sighted world. I should have gotten used to this fact of life, but I'm still struggling when it comes to dealing with the ignorance of sighted people. Therefore, I've decided that the only way to fight depression is to focus on learning new skills and taking up new interests. I encourage everyone in the blind community to consider this. Learn more about a new topic, take up a hobby, volunteer virtually, focus on the things we can do and not just on what we can't do. From Rebecca Skipper. Yeah, thanks, Rebecca. I think you've put that very, very well. I, I, Excellent. I, I tend to agree. I think we, we, it's not that we focus, we don't all focus on the negatives all the time, but they do come up. Of course they do. I mean, look, we're talking about audio description and the experiences there. But, you know, you do have to try and push past it. I think some people go the other way. You know, that I've, I've heard some examples where people almost want to just don't mention the negative. This is, I think, what we were alluding to in that episode is that, you know, don't focus at all on the negatives. Just think about the positives. And I get that point of view. I think, you know, people want to live a positive life. They don't like negativity. I get all that. Um, I'm Scottish. I don't understand it uh, because negativity is pretty much the fuel <laughs> that burns through my body. Um, but, you know, in all seriousness, you know, I, I think you need a healthy dose of both. You need a healthy dose of reality in amongst it. And, you know, I think that's why I believe you have to acknowledge the problem. It does actually help make you feel better. If you, for example, talk about something that's an, that you might consider, others might consider a negative, and then you find as a result of that a, a kinship with someone who you know experiences this. I mean, the, the perfect example of that is you and I when we met over the conversation on using a cane for the first time, or at least yeah. for you know a fairly you know long time, we'd started using a cane again. Um, that really helped me at that moment. I have to say, I think that had a huge impact, probably more than I realise in my life that I had met someone who was talking my language. So, you know, negative equals positive in that case. And that's the way I look at it. So, you know, I think you do need to talk about these things um, and I'm glad we bring them up. But equally, to get through our lives, we do need to focus on what we can do as much as we can. And I think I'm getting there with that. I think I'm finally getting to that stage where I'm kind of less focused on, I mean, I get frustrated from time to time. But I'm also excited about the things I can do. Like, I mean, I, I think about one, one, if I want to, and I'm not good at the uh, self-praise here, but I think with the screen reader, you know, I'm so pleased that I'm now bouncing between my Windows and my Mac and I'm using it fully with a screen reader now. And that, I mean, I, I know I have to, but it, it you know, it's one, it's one thing having to and being able to, right? Yes, that, <laughs> that's that, a different thing. <laughs> feeling comfortable to, feeling confident. Yeah. in doing it, it, it it's uh, yeah it is a big deal you're absolutely right now kevin got in touch and uh, kevin's email i've actually broken into two parts it's quite a long email uh, but kevin very kindly read this uh, he read it from his braille uh, device and uh, he wanted to because he'd heard that laura was off this week so he wanted to send in an email he did send it in but then he resent it with an audio attachment so this is very kind of you to do this kevin i'm going to play part one this is kind of funny because it picks up on the conversation we had around, um, let's just say us being a sedentary, let's put it mm-hmm. that way. I was just listening to the episode from the 12th of August and wanted to share my experiences with some of the items mentioned. First item is Stephen mentioned going to an office in London and trying an office chair that has a mesh breathable fabric. I've been using an Ehrman Miller Aeron chair as my daily office chair for about five years. To Sean's query about imprints or markings on your skin from the mesh, I can confirm that does not happen. It's an ergonomic chair that is extremely comfortable, adjusts in every way to ensure optimal posture and is built for longevity. 
Second item, Stephen and Sean were talking about being sedentary, overweight, and it being straining to even walk around the block or to do workouts in their home gym. In contrast, I'm on the opposite side. I cannot sit still, have a six-pack in an excellent shape, and was just in Bern, Switzerland, competing in the Paraclimbing World Championship, the 8th through the 10th of August. In addition to rock climbing, I do other sports such as downhill snow skiing, tandem bike riding, kayaking, zip lining. I wrestled in high school and summited Half Dome when I was 18. The third thing, um, speaking of since Sean and Stephen live in Europe, I was just recently in Europe, specifically Paris, France, Venice, Italy, Bern, and Geneva, Switzerland for the past couple of weeks for both holidays and competition. Compared to the States, I was reminded and surprised of the train and plane assistance in Europe needing to be scheduled in advance using a phone, which doesn't work if one isn't able to call internationally or doesn't speak the language of the assistance representative. Assistance taking and holding my boarding pass and being questioned by assistants that I cannot and should not be traveling alone and that I must use assistance from an independent blind cane user asked as I go or figured out type. I was offended and bothered by assistants wanting to move and sit me like a furniture object. It was very entertaining getting my boarding pass back by repeatedly asking and then just having to snatch it out of the assistant's hand and quickly running with my cane through the security at the Paris airport and quickly running to where I needed to go quickly and having assistants chase me and forcing their unwanted assistance upon me. Wow. Um, What do we start with that one? Um, Well, let's say, because I I laughed at that, but that's absolutely disgusting. It's up to you whether you accept assistance or not. They've got absolutely no right to do that. They can't tell you you can't travel alone. Absolutely not. That's disgusting, right? Oh, welcome to your travel in Europe. Um, Yeah, this is not uncommon. Not uncommon at all, Kevin. Really? It does surprise a lot of people. Yeah, look, I mean, not only that, I mean, the, the, the piece of luggage, the piece of furniture... I mean, that is something we've said a lot. I mean, that is how, or I mean, we've joked about it. We almost It's almost become part of the deal. How many times have we said this? You know, oh, you know, it's like we're being picked up and dropped off like a parcel. It's the same yeah. problem, you know, and, and I, I don't feel, mind that so much. I don't, well, I don't But again, know. you're used to it, right? So someone comes to this country like Kevin, or you know, not so much this country, but in, in Paris, and, you know, he experiences it for the first time. And he's like, hang on a minute, this isn't right. Uh, but we're so used to it. That's the problem. We're so used to that way of working. Yeah, and no, I think- yeah but at, at the same time, I can say, no, I'm not sitting here. I'm going to go for a wander. And, and I've never had an assistant ever say, no, actually, you need to stay here. Oh, I've, I've had that. never had oh, that. Oh, I have. Yeah, I've been told you must sit here. I was once, because I had a, the problem with the airports is you never really get a chance to go shopping. Can't really get near the shops because no. they won't leave you there. Uh, or they'll say, well, well, I'll wait with you. I only had one experience where I had an assistant who said, look, I've got loads of time. We could just take a walk around if you want. And that was the first time I'd ever had that. And it was really nice. But that was, I think that was in Toronto, I think. It wasn't here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you know, I, I, very rarely do I get that experience. And um, yeah, it, it's quite frustrating, I have to say. But I, I totally hear you on that. Uh, as for the six pack, uh, well, um, yeah, so do I. Uh, or Diet Coke. <laughs> Has this turned into Tinder all of a sudden? <laughs> no, that's really that's really impressive. I don't absolutely. mean the six-pack. That is impressive. I mean, uh, the uh, climbing, that was absolutely fantastic. 
Yeah, listen, I mean, look, that's that's the great thing, right? I mean, we're all different. That's the bottom line. We're all yeah. different. And, um, you know, it's funny because I, I hear all that. And the first thought I have is, oof, I couldn't be bothered. I couldn't get my bed for half of that. <laughs> but the fact that you can is impressive. And we absolutely should acknowledge that, Kevin. So, yeah, well done to, uh, for that. Uh, but, yeah, sadly, your experience is not that uncommon uh, when it comes to assistance in Europe versus other parts of the world. But I will say I, I do get talked to in most airports. I mean, if I'm on my own, it's not too bad. But if I'm with someone, yeah, I very rarely get spoken to at all. It's all, what does he, what does, he do? does he take sugar? Is the, the, the joke, that the, an mm-hmm. old British uh, stereotype that used to come with it. Um, does he take sugar? Meaning, you know, they ask this, the person who's with you if, you know, not only, not, not does he want sugar in his tea, does he take sugar and, you know, I'll do it for you, which I have to say most of the time I just accept anyway. And on a moving train, <laughs> I especially ask for assistance to get my tea made because I know it will probably end up all over the place if I don't. Um, <sighs> wow. Listen, that's it for today. Um, that was a lot, some really interesting emails in there. Thank you again for all your contributions. Loads more to come. Uh, just a reminder, though, we are off next week. We'll be back a week on Monday with uh, our episodes and, of course, all of your feedback. So, Keep it coming. In the meantime, Laura will be gathering it all together. Uh, she's got a job in her hands when she gets back from holiday. Uh, <laughs> she'll be reading out uh, all these emails, but do keep them coming. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. 1877-803-4567 is our number. Just a reminder as well, Double Tap Express. Yes, it's back tomorrow. Harp, harp. Sorry. You can enjoy that. We'll uh, round up the week. Grace Scofield's here with the news. And, of course, we're looking back at some of the big stories we've covered this week on Double Tap. Have a great weekend, Sean Priest. Thank you. Moo moo. What? I'm a cow. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.